Good afternoon, everyone. What a Monday it is. I mean, sometimes you hear about a Monday, and then there's a Monday. Heavy rain, no sun in sight. But, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. This portion of the program, as always, we also are uh, beginning our broadcast on Facebook Live. We do the noon report. Uh, during this time on our Facebook page, it's John DePietro show on Facebook. Folks, today it is, in fact, it's Monday. It's October 25th, the final week of October. And, uh, boy, the weekend was terrific, as I mentioned last hour. But uh, the weather this week, well, it's going to be good for the property. Always good. You know, sometimes it can get a little dry, but we won't certainly have that problem uh, for this week in any way. And, folks, you owe it to yourself to stop in. To Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Uh, we're right now, folks, they have pumpkins and straw, sugar pumpkins, fall decorations, and so much more. There's a reason why they're Rhode Island's number one garden center, and you're going to love it. Pop in and see them. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane. In North Kingstown, right off of uh, Route 4, stop in and see them. And remember, great service, uh, just tremendous quality. And this is the, still the best time. Remember, you can do a lot with your property. Uh, it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Fall decorations and so much more. Gift certificates are available. Pop in and see them at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Well, folks, very busy time. Good afternoon, one and all, everybody tuning in on Facebook. Make sure you click the like button. That way you get notified when we go live. And then you can also uh, share with various people that you're listening to the program. And don't forget, petro.com, which is brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Brood Awakenings Coffee Shops. Folks, there's one near you, two in Johnston, one Cranston Pontiac Avenue, one Bald Hill Road, and then also the brand new one, 100 Westminster downtown, where they have a delicious, fresh food. It is without, and on top of that, it's a place you could hang out. It's clean. Brood Awakenings, whether it's breakfast or lunch or even dinner, stop in. Two of them have full bars. You're going to love them. And on the website, folks, the reason I mention that is uh, we have a number of different stories up, and I will be doing the latest now. Now, those that are on Facebook, I did put it out on both uh, Facebook and also on Twitter, but I'll put it up for uh, everybody else on DePetro.com, and that is just some video over the course of the weekend that has emerged that shows Governor McKee. Now, I actually know the individual who was being honored uh, at this. It's our friend uh, Anthony DePolita, um, Nappy, as he's known, but Governor McKee is there, and it's uh, they're all waving. Uh, you know, everyone's waving during the course of the song, but they're waving napkins, and no one's in a mask. And, you know, I, I recognize, listen, there's no mask mandate in Rhode Island, unless for a school now. But as someone that I attended, if you haven't seen it, I, I after this after we get off the air, I will have it on the website, Petro.com. But the video has just rocketed. And let me just say this. Now, I, I understand, but you have to look at, I was at that North Kingstown School Committee meeting that they stopped it. Because two people didn't have a mask on. And think of what's going on right now in the battle in the schools with the parents that are fighting the mask mandate. And so I think it's a little, never mind your napkin. Think of all the germs that are in a napkin. And again, it's the uh, video, I did put it out on Twitter. And then it's also on, um, on the Facebook page, John DePietro Show. 
on Facebook. I think we also even put it on Instagram. But the thing about it, I, I get it also. I get no, it, there isn't. But I, I also covered the COVID briefings. And, you know, Governor McKee and the lieutenant governor, and they routinely... I'm going to hold it up right now. It's uh, I'm not going to play the sound, though, because there's music. But you can see, for those that are on Facebook Live, and you can see uh, Governor McKee and the rest of them, and they're all waving their napkins, which seems odd to me because they'd be filled with germs. But, you know, uh, then if, if that is the case, and I know, by the way, what the talking point is, is they're at dinner, and he's vaccinated, and the people around him, let's just say they're vaccinated. But you have all these people standing and waving napkins that could have germs in the air. And I still don't understand that North Kingstown School Committee and other school committee meetings, by the way, where you go in and they insist that you wear a mask. And they even stopped the meeting in North Kingstown because two people in the back didn't have on a mask. So, you know, where's the consistency there? And I know they could say there's a big difference of a couple kids in school and you're around these children all day and they're breathing and coughing and sneezing into the air and a few people having dinner. But what about a huge room full of people shaking their napkins into the air, which is basically germ-filled. And I've been at those COVID briefings. Governor McKee, Lieutenant Governor Matos, that a lot of people are souring on. Dr. Scott, they all come out with the mask on, right? It's all a big show, even though they're all vaccinated. And they all come out with the mask on. So I just wonder how much is for show and how much is is actually, as they like to say, follow the science. So, folks, again, we will have that up. But uh, also on the website, you see Saturday I did cover the America First rally in Connecticut. You can see some of the video of that. I'll tell you that Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is, you know, she gets a lot of people involved. And I think the other side, they, they underestimate the number of women that come out. And they're inspired by her. And they admire her. And... You don't have to fully be on board with all of her views. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, the uh, freshman congresswoman from Georgia, who they kicked her off all her committees, she draws. She had 3,000 people there on Saturday right over the line in Connecticut. And um, just to see her and meet her and give her speech. So I always um, I always find people, and I like to speak to people, and you see a nice photo of the two of us. I'm always intrigued by people that bring new people into the system. That bring new people into the system. Now, she's a woman, by the way, right? And so, you know, right below the story on her, we have the story on Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, who Governor McKee appointed as Lieutenant Governor, and they're kind of joined at the hip. And he seems to be betting that she will, she was the city council person in Providence. When she was being considered, people considered her impressive, Um. I don't find her that impressive. I've been covering her now since uh, she got announced in April. So um, May, June, July, August, September, October. So a little, about six months right around there. Um, I I don't particularly find her that impressive. I understand why they chose her. So he's trying to ensure that he doesn't, you know, get crushed in the primary in Providence. I'm still not convinced that she can appeal and bring people out. Some of her statements just don't hold up. And I'm talking about the lieutenant governor that was chosen. She wasn't elected. She would like to be elected lieutenant governor. Um, I think the state can do better. Nothing about her background, nothing about her gender. I just don't hear a lot of ideas. I, I hear her say things like, if you come here from another country, you're a Rhode Island citizen. 
if you sneak over the border, you're a new American. So she likes to use the terms, no person's illegal. If you come over the Rio Grande, you're a new American. If you can find your way from Guatemala to Rhode Island, you're now a Rhode Island citizen. I don't believe that. As a matter of fact, I think it's dangerous that the lieutenant governor of the state doesn't seemingly even know what the law is. Uh, but that's but you take someone like a Marjorie Taylor Greene, totally self-made. She was elected on her concepts, beliefs, ideas. Sabina Matos was chosen in an effort to try to get some of the, a big part of the Latino vote in Providence, period. One person was elected, elected on her views, on what she believes, what she stands for. Another person was selected based on her gender and her background. Latina, Governor McKee wanted to pick a woman and then opted instead of Diosa, who is a lightweight, get a female Latina. So that's who he chose. Doesn't mean she was the most qualified. Doesn't mean she's up for the job. The two of them are polar opposites. Marjorie Taylor Greene, as I said, self-made, came out of nowhere and inspiring people. You know, there were women that drove to meet her, to listen to her speak. I'm often, I am, I'm intrigued by people like that. You know, there were groups, if you see it, there's, you know, five, six women. They came to see her. So I'm always intrigued by that. I haven't seen, could be out there. Governor Raimondo always tried to push, Gina Raimondo always tried to push this narrative that she was this incredible inspiration for young girls. And I never saw it. I didn't believe it. I never saw it. They tried to peddle this whole thing that girls would play. These little girls around the state were playing COVID briefing and just girls, no boys. And that whole, you know, the real gender warriors. I've never, I never saw that. Uh, We're going to hear the same thing. Sabina Matos is going to tell you stories of she's encouraged. All these young Latino girls are now saying, gee, maybe I can, maybe I could run off. You know, I never thought I could hold office before. As uh, Gina Raimondo likes to say, prior to her, no little girl ever thought she could be governor. I, I don't believe that. You know, New Jersey had Christy Todd Whitman. Massachusetts had Governor Jane Swift. You know, you go back to Margaret Thatcher. You go to Queen Elizabeth. They have been Hillary Clinton ran for president. Who are all these people? People said a woman was going to be governor. Gina Raimondo liked to say. And they laughed at me and said, no woman would ever be. Who said that? Is that your party of Democrats? You know, the old boy network. Well, you're the party in power. They always like to portray themselves as they are. in. You know, I'm really just doing this to inspire tomorrow's leaders. But they won't acknowledge it when you have someone like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. And folks, something else that I saw again and echoed to me on Saturday is. um, And by the way, I want to be very clear. When I mention someone's running for president or wants to run for president. Couple things. Number one, don't kill the messenger. Number two. Um, I can't stop them from wanting to run for president. Number three, I'm not saying I would vote for them. I'm just mentioning, reporting, passing along that that person has eyed 
running for the presidency, many times when I mention a name, I get feedback from people like, I can't believe you would say, you know, I mentioned, it seems very clear to me that Mike Pence is going to, you know, he'd like to explore, kick the tires, explore, run for 2024. I get messages. I can't believe you would say that Pence should be the president. I can't believe it either, especially since I didn't I didn't say that. I said he's looking to run. I didn't say I would vote for him. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't vote for Mike Pence. He's just not my type of candidate. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. I believe he's exploring a run. I I get email. I would never vote for him. I would never ever vote. I, I didn't I didn't say you should vote for him. As a matter of fact, I didn't even ask if you would vote for him. But it's pretty fairly obvious that he has considered running for president. So let's, you know, let's not turn into the crowd of when I said those kids that stole the car, they were driving at a high rate of speed. They were pointing guns at police. They could have been killed. And people said, you know, some of the Black Lives Matter and some of the others, the Sales Street crowd was saying, I can't believe you said they should be killed. Like I said, I, I didn't say they should be killed. I said they could have been killed. Could, should, same thing. Actually, it's not. You know, much like you had a group of young men. They were traveling over 100 miles an hour. And it was a rain-slicked road with hydroplaning. They went off 95 and all three were killed in the car crash. Um, when, when you travel at a high rate of speed on a rain slicked road, regardless of day or night, but certainly at night, you increase your likelihood of potentially having an accident. No one is implying they should die from that. When someone's traveling over 100 miles an hour, on a rain-slicked highway, you are hoping that they are able to lower their speed and come down. There's a world of difference between someone driving 45 miles an hour on a rain-slicked road or even 50 miles an hour on a rain-slicked road and someone driving 110 miles an hour on a rain-slicked highway. You increase the likelihood of a potential crash the faster you go. No one is... uh, indicating or intimating that they should crash, but you increase the likelihood that you could be in a crash. I would even argue dramatically. So so you're saying someone should go below the speed limit? Yes. In heavy rain or heavy snow, they often encourage you to drive less than the speed limit. That is a fact. I know a lot of people, the speed limit is 65. Well, that is true. But many times, if you've ever been on 95 and it's heavy snow and fast snow and rapidly like inch an hour, the traffic slows down to 45 miles an hour. So not everybody, that doesn't mean you have to go sick. No, it it doesn't mean that. So, but just to circle back to this, um, Mike Pence, Chris Christie, I think a number of people are going to look at it. But from what I saw, that doesn't mean I would vote for them. That doesn't mean... I'm suggesting they vote. That doesn't mean they called them and I said, you definitely should run. That's, I'm saying they're looking at it. So, um, but I don't see any evidence 
that anyone other than President Trump would be the nominee. I just don't see it. I played the clip last hour. Um, I know there are people like Chris Christie, Mike Pence, frustrated by that. But on Saturday, this past Saturday in Connecticut, it could have been a year ago. It was a little bit like going into a time warp um, of everyone, you know, people driving. Some guy drove four hours from Maine because he has like a, a flag suit. You know, it, it takes on a little bit of a carnival atmosphere. Like, you know, it, it, he, he wants people taking photos with him. He wants to be the center of attention. Um, I didn't interview someone like that. I, I don't think it helps the cause. But, you know, you draw the people who they like that. You know, during the course of his normal day, the guy that was in a he's literally in a suit that is a flag um, with a hat and everything. Uh, if he walked around that. In his neighborhood in Maine, I'm sure he, you know, what, what's the deal with that? Um, or on top of that, they, um, they, it, they're just drawn to it, right? Like It's kind of like the people that go to the football games on a Sunday. And they dress up, they paint their faces, and, you know, the dog pound. They could be unemployed. They could be working in a factory. But on Sunday, they're in all their glory and dressed up. So it, it gets some of that. But my point is... Um, and we talked about this last hour. Um, someone who wants to run for governor as a Republican, Dave Darlington, has come out of the box and he's already taking shots at President Trump. I, there's just there's no path to victory there. There's no path to victory. And I, pers- I, I frankly don't understand it. Like there's so many things to go after Biden with. There's so many things to look what they're doing here in Rhode Island. It's now national news. We're going to be the first state to have injection centers if you want to be a junkie, as Justin and I talked about last hour, guess what in Rhode Island? You go to the center, they check out your junk, your heroin, your fentanyl. They make sure there's really nothing in there that will kill you. They'll help you shoot it up, and then you either hang out there or go off on your merry way. Folks, we're going to be getting junkies from all over the country moving here. This is revolutionary. There are people that say, you know, I'd love to use, but I just I don't want to risk an overdose if I could do it. And... There are people. There was a guy from the New York Times that says on his weekends he shoots up heroin or he smokes it, whatever. But you're going to get that. You know, and what do they say? Rhode Island's going to have clean needles and we will test your junk and make sure there's nothing spiked in there. And that way you can enjoy your fentanyl and your heroin and shoot it up and then not have to worry about it. And if you overdose, we'll be there to like you think you're discouraging people by doing this. Every junkie that can make their way to Rhode Island is going to head here. Now, think about that. Do you think that's going to help the, the worker shortage? Do you think that's going to – is that type of – is that going to improve the state or make it worse? I think it's, ter- I think it's completely encouraging. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Cooks. Call them today, 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan Heating. 24 emergency service, gas, boiler, oil burner, hot water boiler, as I found out, helpful, trustworthy, reliable, plumbing, heating, and cooling. The heating season is coming. Call R.E. Coogan Heating today. Or maybe we have a plumbing emergency. Or, as I found out, out of nowhere, boom, hot water tank gave out. Can happen. They only last about 10 years. What did I do? I called R.E. Coogan Heating, folks, and they replaced it. 401 732 Sixty-five, sixty-two. Not only that, but veteran 
involved in the community, and backs the blue. To me, Coogs checks all the boxes that you want with that type of company. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Look for them on Facebook. Then the website is recooganheating.com. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. They had a big crowd there yesterday for Patriots Jets. That was a great Patriot win. They have Monday Night Football tonight. They also have um, the, the World Series going. Endzone Sports Pub. You can stay local. And enjoy the game. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Uh, it is just terrific. We were there a couple of Friday nights ago when we were up for uh, Cumberland for the McKee um, for the McKee protest. But they have karaoke on Friday and Saturday. Dana and his company and crew, they run a, a great place. Stop it and see the Monday Night Football tonight. It's the Saints and the Seahawks at uh, End Zone Sports Pub. So the... Um, now, the frontline workers, they are, they're still very active. Um, the battle goes on. I think um, this week also, and we mentioned this last hour, where this, this Friday coming up, the state is going to award these cannabis licenses. And as I said, folks, I, you know, they're going to have a lottery drawing and they're going to, you know, video people jumping up and down like they hit the lottery giving out these cannabis licenses. So you have to wonder the direction that that the state is just heading right now. You know, between we're going to be the first place in the country to have these injection centers. And injection centers. And now they're having, you know, the big lottery. Who's going to be the big lucky winners that are going to, going to win the COVID, the, uh, excuse me, the cannabis drawing? So the cannabis drawing, I mean, it, it just, what, 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 what kind of, like, is that really the, the best way for, for our uh, state? What is that going to do? I, I don't think that's productive for the workforce. Um, as a matter of fact, we, we know it's not. It's not effective for the workforce. I, I think that's, it's actually, it's not a positive one at all. But the Wall Street Journal, injection sites allow people to use drugs including heroin, meth, oh my God, under the supervision of trained personnel. In the event of an overdose, staff can administer uh, uh, Noxin, what is it, Noxalin? Advocates say the sites prevent overdose to provide an access point to other services, housing, medical care, treatment. Folks, they're just going to encourage all of these people. To basically just get on government services. Critics say there's no evidence it reduces illegal drug use or dependency. And it doesn't. If anything, uh, as Justin Katz said, you know, they're going to set up, let's just say you deal meth or you deal heroin, uh, some kind of an opioid, oxy. Well, if you deal that. And you know Rhode Island is setting up centers, injection centers, for junkies to go so they can shoot up. You're, you're going to, you know, you want to find your customer base. What better place to find the customer base than right outside of the centers that all the, the drug addicts, the junkies are going to? So I think it's completely enabling drug use. And... The question you have to ask is, is this really going to help the state? Folks, with all this legalization of weed, of cannabis, 
Now, injection centers would be the only place in the country. If you are a junkie in Seattle or in Portland or pick a place in the country, you hear about Rhode Island. They have injection centers and you go in and they'll shoot it up for you and test your. I I don't see how that is positive. I don't see it. Rhode Island plans to create supervised spaces for users, inject illegal drugs. Ah, two-year pilot, a first for the state to have drugs tested, potentially fatal doses of fentanyl, the potent synthetic opioid that drove overdose deaths, nationwide record in 2020. Now, it is true some other states are considering it, but we're going to be the first ones. Ah, my God, folks, I don't see where this is positive. But look at, as I said, the direction the state is going of trying to bring in as many illegals as possible, as now having these injection centers, that is going to decimate the workforce. Folks, a big part of this problem is, in fact, by the way, a lot of the people, there are many people, from what I understand and have learned, from both police and you, there are people that use fentanyl effectively for a while until maybe they get a bad dose so they take too much of it. So there are people that use heroin, and you, not everybody dies is what I'm saying. Not everyone overdoses. You have people that say, I can manage it. I can do this. I mentioned there was a columnist in the New York Times that on weekends he used to shoot up, and he, found, he claimed it helped him creatively, and he was an artist, and blah, blah, blah. How is that not encouraging drug use? Think of the employers right now that are trying to find people, and they can't. And now you're going to set up these injection centers. <clears throat> you have the lieutenant governor saying anyone that comes over the border, boom, you're a Rhode Island citizen, and you're a new American. I mean, it's just outrageous what is going to happen with this. Folks, again, we'll have this up on the website, depetro.com and depetro.com, which is brought by Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty. Based out of Cumberland, over 20 years experience, licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts, specializes in residential investment property sales, residential commercial leasing. Pat Elston, whether you're buying or selling, contact Pat, 401-474-5253. There's a link on the website, petro.com. I think it's dangerous, folks. I do. I think it's dangerous. Uh, the direction you have to just ask the, the direction the state is going. We're moving into more of an entitlement state. And let's face it. Now, and, and all of this talk about the homeless and Rhode Island, the Boston Globe's writing a lot about this. But I, I disagree with some of the media coverage. You know, they talk about the amount of people homelessness that is going on. Winter closing. Homelessness crisis keeps getting worse. If you keep offering free food and you're offering all these free things, number one, if you can eliminate the hunger part where people are, they may be on the street, but they're not going hungry. You have more people pitching tents. They don't want to go to the shelters. The shelters have rules. At the shelters, you can't bring drugs. At the shelters, you can't bring weapons. At the shelters, you can't bring pets. So there's a lot of these people. They like having a dog. They like pitching a tent. Uh, It's just a matter of trying to get through the next few months. They don't want to work. They don't want to work. 
So there's more and more people. They're out on the street. And I understand, like, these people that go around and they give them Dunkin' Donuts coffee and they give them gift cards and they give them things for food. But the problem is more and more of them start to think, okay, if I can just make it through, you know, January, February into March, then we hit the spring. A lot of people say, you know, I don't mind being homeless May through November. It is tough in the wintertime, but I don't mind it. So I like it. I don't mind living in a tent. I know where to get up and get things for free. And then we just, you know, uh, I get free gifts, gift cards. There's a place where you can take a shower. There's a place that they give you free clothes, like all those different types of things. I know it may not seem ideal for everyone, but there's more services to me that in a way they're enabling because they're not going hungry. And I'm by, by the way, I want to be very, I'm not saying, suggesting I want anyone to go hungry. But the more you make it people to believe that they could make it through, they could make it through. You know, they'll put you up in a hotel uh, when the bad weather's going to hit. And granted, this type of weather, it's tough. But then they come around and you have all these people saying, how can you... Uh, eject these people and we we need more shelter beds and what this really comes down to folks is there's a lot of people more and more in our society that are choosing not to work they are they're choosing not to work for various reasons whatever it may be but they're they're deciding i'd rather not i'd rather not i'd rather i can get by it's not great but i have freedom and i get food in my system and we get free this. And, you know, it, it is, uh, I, I don't, I know that there's a fine line between truly trying to help people that have been kicked out. Because let's just say there was a fire and they lost their home or some kind of emergency. But last week, the, the Boston Globe Rhode Island section, they did a story on a mother. And she talked about her and her kids. And suddenly she was homeless and she ran for an abusive relationship. And, you know, I think now this woman, I'm not exactly sure the amount, but I think that now, you know, people saw the story or read the story and it was shared. And suddenly I think someone started to go fund me. And now I'm not, is it possible that she has $25,000 in a GoFundMe? See, I, I don't. I don't think that's helpful. Uh, Some people may say she just needs to get back on her feet. But, you know, you're in a sense, all these other people are saying, write about me. Do the story on me. Right. Do that. How many people have told me you see the panhandlers where one's leaving the corner. The other one comes on. The other person gets in a car and they someone's driving them away and they move them somewhere else. They seem to be very organized. Um, I'm not saying I want anyone to go homeless and it would be tough having children, but there's something wrong. Hear me out that there's more and more people that are saying I I can do this. You know, it's uh, it's not easy, but we have tents. There's places you can wash your clothes. There's, you know, years ago, there would just be the soup kitchen and so forth. But there's more people that are reaching out. And telling people that 
don't worry about an apartment until you can get it for free. And folks, much like, and again, good afternoon at 1242, much like I said last week, the story about a group of homeless people in Providence just put their things down on an empty lot in Providence. And then the headline said that they were being evicted. Well, city orders homeless encampment to vacate by November 1st. Well, they, they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. They, they were basically being allowed to trespass. So the way it's being treated, that they're being evicted and that they're being, they're being told to vacate. When you think of that, it almost implies, you know, you would think of like a renter, someone who's being evicted, that there was some kind of problem with the landlord. And now they're being kicked out. Now, I also want to remind people that with all the illegals that keep coming into the state, they're taking up a lot of the low income housing. But these stories about the shelters are more crowded than ever. And I, I think there's a danger. There's more and more people that are basically saying, you know, it's not perfect, but I can do this. You know, how many of all these people that right now that are being kicked out of that lot and being told that they they can't live there? And, you know, the media covers that they're, uh, in essence, being, you know, told to vacate. Why aren't they being guided into employment? Why? There's a common denominator with a lot of those people, and that is that they don't have jobs. If they had jobs, they would... Think about it. You wouldn't have time to be homeless if you had a place to go, if you had a job to go to. But this business of that there's more and more people and yet look at all, you know, I think it comes in with the state has 1.1 billion in the American Rescue Plan Fund. And then you have all this, you know, in the last 3,600 Rhode Islanders are living outdoors. You know, there's a tie-in. There's definitely an expectation that the state is going to take that money and find them free housing. But how many of those people are working? You know, and you see these people that they bring them, they have plants. And if you're homeless, you know, you wake up and the first thing you have to do is then go to a soup kitchen or somewhere and find food. Then they need to shower. Then they need to do whatever they do to get money, panhandle or what have you. Then they have to have lunch. Then, and if it's bad weather, they also have to watch their things. And, you know, there's an element that they don't have time for work because they're so busy. And I, and I get it. It would take up a lot of time being homeless because you're always then searching for the next meal. But this business of they say to the city, you're going to kick me out of here. Now where am I supposed to go? What? Why does the city, why does the state have to find you the place to go? With winter closing in, Rhode Island homelessness crisis keeps getting worse. Who are these people? Why aren't they working? What do you mean it's getting worse? We need to keep building more shelters, more low-income housing. All this is going to do is encourage more people. Now, also, look at the tie-in. What do you think is going to happen with the homelessness problem when they open up the injection center? Or Rhode Island to pick five new medical marijuana compassion centers. It's going to get bigger. 
there's gonna it's gonna get larger. It's going to increase. It's not gonna go down. I'll tell you that much. It's not gonna go down. I don't hear anyone, including Governor McKee, you know, you don't hear anyone saying we've got to get people back to work. We have to get people to return to the workforce. You don't see anyone going to the homeless camp saying, you know, you, what's your name? There are people right now today you could get a job. They'll start paying you. If you three or four would pull your resources, you could afford an apartment. So you don't see anything like that. You don't hear anything like that. You don't you don't hear that type of encouragement. Uh, and there is a worker shortage. And I would argue, folks, the worker shortage and now you're going to have an injection center for heroin, for fentanyl. Now they can have more cannabis places. You tell me, do you think that's going to help the workforce, the worker shortage, or going to enable? You're going to see more people falling through this, I just want a roof over my head, Makita Matata, or whatever the thing is. Folks, check out the website, petro.com and it's brought to you by the Centerdale Revival. Winner of three Rhode Island Monthly Best of Awards. Shane and company do a tremendous job. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, the Centerdale Revival. Comfort, food, and cocktails, and a great crowd there. I love it. Check them out at the Centerdale Revival. So, folks, at um, at 1247 uh, on this Monday, and again, we go until... Uh, two o'clock. Now, I know the frontline workers, they're planning some town hall meetings. We're going to talk about that a little bit next hour. Um, the um, the the race for governor. I, I'm going to touch on that. I really don't like the comments that were made uh, by, in fact, one of the people running on the Republican side, supposedly for uh, for governor um, and on the national front. You know, over the next two weeks, now we don't have a big election, but what happens, um, especially in that Virginia's governor's race, is certainly, I think, could be a bellwether of just exactly how things are going to go. Uh, exactly if, in fact, it's going to turn things around, um, if, in fact, it... um if the Republican Party is, it certainly seems to be right on the path in order to retake the House and the Senate. And one thing we know, folks, everything you're seeing is the Biden poll numbers just keep getting worse and worse. The Biden poll numbers get worse and worse. But I touched on the, um, and, and Justin and I touched on it a little bit in the first hour, but the Rhode Island, the story about the potential Rhode Island primary and I don't understand the quotes of uh, of Dave Darlington, who he's looking at it. There's no guarantee right now that apparently that he's he's definitely going to run. But I don't understand. I don't understand any Republican who's taking shots at President Trump. I don't get that at all. Rhode Island Republicans might end up with a gubernatorial primary. So I, I don't understand. Like of all the things you could go after, the price of gas the problem out on the West Coast with all the ships, the problem at the border. Um, but then you have, you know, Dave Darlington distance himself from former President Donald Trump. I'm not a MAGA candidate. 
You know, when the president's talking about, he starts going into the president grabbing women and there's no room for that. And I'm not a believer in stolen elections. I just don't think you go anywhere. Of all the, and I know Dave, I'm sure at some point if he does run, obviously I would talk to him. I don't understand why you would even make a statement like that. The Biden administration, folks, is a disaster. No one thought it could melt down as fast as it is. Um, why you would use those quotes to take shots at President Trump, I don't understand. And here in Rhode Island, why are you even talking about President Trump to begin with? Why not talk about that a Republican has not won statewide office in Rhode Island since 2006? The last Republican to win statewide office in Rhode Island was 2006. Folks, it's 2021. Now the statewide races come up next year. So you'd have to look at how many people voted in 2006. How many people are now voting in Providence? How many voted in 2010? John Robitaille almost pulled it off in 2010. But something that I have pointed out, and again, folks, at 1251, good afternoon, it's one. it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show on this Monday, folks, I want to tell you about the CBD store. Stop it and see them, 1845 Post Road, Warwick. You want to try one of these terrific Delta 8 gummies. Everything's it's all natural. Michael and his staff are so knowledgeable. You can also find them on Facebook, The CBD Store. Stop in right off of 95 across from Airport Plaza. But they have everything, whether you're fighting stress or anxiety, and a lot of people are. Maybe you have trouble sleeping. You know, not sleeping, uh, worry, or maybe just not a good sleeper. It hurts you the next day because you're so tired. Or maybe on a rainy day like today, you have pains and aches, aches and pains. Stop in. Michael has things for you. Plus, as I've talked about, they also have CBD for your pets. The CBD store. Stop in and see them. They have natural uh, medicine that will treat your body, make you feel better. And when you are uh, a John DePietro Show listener... Just pop in, tell them that, 25% off your first purchase. Stop in and see them, 1845 Post Road in Warwick, the CBD store, right across the street from Airport Plaza. Stop in and see Michael. Folks, good afternoon. It's Juan. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Great menu, big bar. We're open seven days a week. A great meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. So, um, folks, as we've talked about, and I I get this from these people that um, it it all comes. I I want you to keep that in mind with the talk. Now, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, he ran a good race in 2014 against... um, General at the time, General Treasurer Gina Raimondo. He lost, but a big part of it was in Providence. The amount of votes that the Democrats pull out of the city of Providence. And then in 2018, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, he ran a very good race. He did. It was tough. But he lost. And again, he did well in certain places. But what really did him in 
were the amount of votes that they pull out of the city of Providence. President Trump got 200,000 votes last November. Think of this. President Trump, November of last year, he received more votes than Cranston Mayor Ellen Fung. He also received more votes than Governor Gina Raimondo received in, 20, in 2018 when she was reelected. So President Trump, who got 40% of the vote in Rhode Island, who received over 200,000 votes, what was the one area that really, because he did win certain cities and towns, what was the one area that President Trump really got beat the most was the place it always is, Providence. If the Providence vote was removed from the Rhode Island elections, folks, we would be a different state. We would actually be closer to New Hampshire to almost being like a battleground state. I've run into so many of you who say, will President Trump come into Rhode Island? The answer is no. Why not? Because we're not a battleground state. They don't understand what that means. They think he just, I don't understand. I see him go to Pennsylvania. I see him go to Florida. I see him go to North Carolina. Why won't he come to Rhode Island? Because we're not a battleground state. Well, I see him go to New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a battleground state. The percentage, there is a possibility he could win New Hampshire. He goes to states as a chance of winning. Folks, the key for the next election is going to be going into the vote in Providence. It begins there, it ends there. I, I was speaking Saturday with some people that are part of this group. And they get together every week. And they're trying to look at the Rhode Island election from last November. And... And I was having a conversation, and they told me the town that they're focused on right now. And I think that's, I, I don't want to discourage people that get involved in the system. And I don't want to discourage people that are looking into something as important as the vote. But what I get somewhat frustrated with is it begins and ends, it begins and ends with Providence. If the Rhode Island Republican Party could solve the problem in Providence... It would be a different state. But listen to the way President Obama talks about you're trying to rig an election if you want voter ID. Let me play this a little bit. Why is it Republicans don't want you to vote? What what is it that they're so afraid of? You know, I would assume, Terry, if if they think they've got better ideas, why don't they just go make the case? Tell us your ideas. Tell us. Why you think they're going to be better? Tell us how it's going to help that man get a job or, or help that young person go to college or, or help that person get a trade. Hey, just explain it. And if, if you've got good ideas, people will flock to your ideas, but, but that's not what they try to do. Instead, you're trying to rig elections. Because the truth is people disagree with your ideas. You know, there. this is so dangerous. That and I'm I'm so glad it's so dangerous, folks. At 12:57, when you tell people that by if you have to show a voter ID that you're trying to rig an election, this is a former president, and the media is silent on it. How is that trying to rig an election? Let's look in society right now. With first of all, who doesn't have an ID? 
It's easy to get an ID. Young kids, the first thing they want to do is get an ID. Um, you can't, let's, you know, you can't buy a bus ticket without an ID. You can't get on an airplane without an ID. You can't go to the doctor without an ID. You can't be admitted into a hospital without an ID. You can't go to the pharmacy. You can't take a job. You can't rent an apartment. You can't get into, you know, a nightclub if you're young. All the different things. For, for the former president, Obama, to be telling predominantly African-American crowd that they want to rig the election by asking for voter ID, that, that is just so harmful. The, the fact is, there's nothing you can do. And the state, the state of Rhode Island gave out thousands of free IDs. So their idea of rigging an election is you make it the person has to show an ID. Why should you not have to show an ID? You have to show an ID to do everything else that's important. Why would they be so concerned about IDs if they weren't using it to manipulate elections? Now, folks, good afternoon at 1259. It's John DiPietro on AM 1380 and 99.95. Here's what we're going to do. Coming up, we are going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. Now, again, a lot of news about President Trump over the weekend. And plus exactly what's next for the frontline workers that continue to uh, make a lot of noise. We're going to, you can listen at AM 1380 or 99.9 FM or listen online at the website, DePetro.com. So let's break, get a news update, the one o'clock news, another full hour to go. Leave it right here on the John DePetro Show.